Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are gonna spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Uh, right before episode 70, this one is... Uh, I'm Marco, I'm here with my co-host Lucas. Yep, I'm Lucas, uh, joining Marco as always. Uh, big news, uh, big, well yeah, big news, big news this episode. We got hats, they're finally coming. I think we might have leaked it on an episode. Leaked it, but uh, we, we, we might have theorized it on I, an episode. I feel like if you're one of the six people who listens to the end of our 70 minute episode, we always go like, oh yeah, we're thinking about doing hats. <laughs> yeah, and and if you're not one of those six people, you're now privy to that information. Uh, they should be here in like four weeks, apparently, four to five weeks. Mm. Um, and so yeah, perfect, uh, perfect for a late, late, uh, late stock, stocking stuffer, <laughs> late stocking stuffer, and you know. We'll ha- we'll hand deliver it to you when it comes. We won't we won't rely on Australia Post. You won't be at their mercy. So mm. if, if you know if the if the bloody the Beef Master Four Thousand hasn't turned up for Dad <laughs> <laughs> in the mail, uh, then yeah, why not get him a JVG hat? They're going to be really cool. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, that's another thing. I was looking at the model of the hat and I was like, wow, this is a really cool hat. And then looking at the design that Ant drew up for us, and I was like, wow, this is a really cool design. And then I was like, oh, that's so cool. We're going to have merch. And then I was like, wait, the hat that's going to be about my show is so cool. Yeah. 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 They actually look so awesome. Yeah. It's, I feel like, you know, we could very easily just get the JVG uh, logo printed on a shit t-shirt and <laughs> sell it to you fuckers for <laughs> 40 bucks. But we're not like that. We're about, you know, we're all, we're about quality over quantity over here, you know, and, and we want to look sick as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's more for us than it is for you. Yeah, and speaking about it, it's more for us than it is for you. This is our first call to action. <laughs> now, what's a what's a call to action, Lucas? Well, we just want to see how big this show can possibly get because we've we've uh, in terms of uh, listener retention, we've been very good. Yeah, but in terms of growth, we have not. We we have not grown much. Uh, you know. Maybe maybe we have one or two Canadians. We have that guy in Finland who tunes <laughs> in occasionally. Yeah, yeah. If you're the if you're the Finnish listener, get in touch. Uh, or if you're just someone that listens on their what's it called a VPN, get in touch. Uh, true, <laughs> that would make sense. That would make sense. I'm yeah. surprised we don't have more South African listeners. You know, a lot of you fast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I feel like this is the NBA season's in full swing. Mm. You know. Uh, as an NBA fan, this is the time of year I'm consuming the most like subsidiary content because I'm like, all right, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Mm. You know, like I feel like you need the opinions at the beginning of the season while the team's getting set and while you're like watching how players have changed and you know new teams have developed. And hey, we're we're here to give you that. Mm. So p- put us in touch with whoever at your workplace, whoever in your class, any Finnish basketball any, fans, any you Finnish might basketball know. fans you might know. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you got a friend that, that that likes basketball but doesn't listen to this podcast, then I'm sorry to let you know that it's not a friend. Unless they start listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, well, I had, I had a little joke before we get to the basketball stuff. And this is always the best way to introduce a joke. Um, I did a little uh, uh, Fapu Kampatso when I was in the toilet earlier. Yeah, it was just a little nugget. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was the thing you wanted to start with? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Following that sinker. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Facundo Campazzo, well, uh, his teammate uh, Nikola Jokic just a couple of hours ago. I love it when this happens. Mm. Uh, fucking <laughs> floored Markeith Morris. Unbelievable. In one of the most celebrated uh, br- British actions in recent memory. One of the all-time hits. <laughs> one of the all-time hits. And speaking of uh, the Beef Master 4000 that you might have gotten for your dad, there was a lot of beef in the Nuggets Heat game. Um, now, Markeith Morris, you know you had that coming. Yeah. <laughs> Both the Morris twins are... Uh, You've acted in in accordance to this result happening. Mm. This was this was a long time coming, and that's why I feel like all of us can really sympathise with, um, and just continue our fandom of Nikola Jokic. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, however he pronounces it. And yeah, and I think you know, I always I always wonder how insulated, uh, you know, levels of NBA star like Markeith Morris are. You know, I'm not I'm not calling him a star. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying he plays in the NBA, so <laughs> he's at that level. Um, like sh- surely he knows how disliked he is yeah. around the league and uh, on Twitter. Like surely you just put your name <laughs> into Twitter every now and then, and you're like, oh fuck! Like everyone's roasting the shit out of me. I'm sure the money helps you sleep at night. Um, <laughs> but you know, on that note, when yeah, when you fucking elbow Jokic coming down the floor, he is gonna bowl you over, and you're not gonna get any sympathy for it. Oh my god, it was so good. It was so cathartic. Yeah, it was just. It was just everything it should have been. And it wasn't like he shoved him and he fell over. Like, mm. it was the biggest shoulder hit. Yeah. It was, oh, my God. Was, he went. He really went for it. He lost mm. his call for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad that he was, it was him on the, on the hitting end. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds so bad. Um, <laughs> but it's not like this was like some dormant beef every NBA fan yeah. had with Markeith Morris. Yeah. This was an active beef yeah. that people have with the Morris twins. And finally, they get their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you, Jokic. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just... I think it's adding up to a pretty... Um, I mean, actually, Morris has been good on the court this year. <laughs> but uh, I, this is... I feel like this is the second big L he's taken after is waddling down the floor with his big ass. Um, oh, what? Do you, do you remember that? He he got a fast break and he like went up for a dunk and then he was like, oh, I'm not going to make it and like turned it into a layup. Oh. And, then, and then in the um, <laughs> ensuing timeout, Jimmy Butler was like mo- mocking the way he runs oh, down the I floor. I think I did see that. I, I thought I'd spoken about it on the pod, but basically it's when like two cool kids are making fun of a loser kid and the loser kid is like I'm in on this joke <laughs> <laughs> like Lowry and Butler are just like like oh, yeah, da- da- yeah. dapping each other while yeah. like while Jimmy's um, impersonating him he's looking back like yeah yeah no you're right I do look like that <laughs> you, have, you have talked about this yeah. I don't know about on the pod but definitely um, yeah cop that dickhead <laughs> Cup 26. Um. <laughs> and and uh, the other bloody uh, MVP t- caliber center <laughs> was in a very, very nearly the same situation. Mm. Um, what was your what was your take on this is obviously the the very close call with uh, Joel Embiid's hook on uh, Lonzo Ball? I mean, you know, he, he wasn't trying to punch Lonzo in the face. In the face. Nah, nah. He's, we, you know, Embiid, he's an emotional player. He yeah. lashes out. What I didn't like about it was yeah, his immediate reaction was the, the like, why always me? The, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, like putting his hands to his chest, like, what did I do? What yeah. did I do? Like, you know, you know, in like every day, 
You know when you're at a party and someone like almost bowls someone over mm. or like accidentally knocks a drink out of their hand, you don't go like, oh, it, you know, it was an accident. Mm. Like, you're not like, oh, well, you shouldn't have been fucking walking there. You just go, oh, sorry. And, <laughs> and help them clean up and get them another drink. Like, yeah. yeah, it was an accident, but you're just like, cool, my bad, completely unintentional. Yeah. Let's move past it. Um, and yeah, and B just did the, I know he's not European, but it's a, the very European thing <laughs> of getting into a massive yeah. strop about it. Yeah. Um, I think this goes this goes to support a take that we may have agreed on on this pod, but Lonzo Ball's toughness. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was LeBron? <laughs> Can you imagine the outcry if that was LeBron and the, the reaction and the flop and the, it would be a tr- the way he fell down would be a trilogy. Yeah. It'd be like the strike, the fall, the landing. They'd do like a 30 for 30 on it and everything. Um, and yeah, Lonzo was just so cool about it. And I think that that, that non-event is so much tougher than getting into a fake beat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, that might be the one thing that Lonzo has up on his brother at the moment is I think he... They obviously all the balls have this reputation as these like fucking outlandish, outspoken, mm. um, you know, loud mouths. Um, but Lonzo, Lonzo isn't he? he yeah, he like he really he really plays basketball and doesn't complain about anything, yeah. anything that happens to him. Yeah. Um, on that LeBron note, yeah, you can just see like you can see the Twitter memes of like me when the slightest inconvenience happens to me, LeBron <laughs> <laughs> lying on the floor after not getting touched by Joel Embiid. Yeah, uh, and yeah, on on the Embiid swing, I mean, come on, man, you can't do that if you're seven foot one. Yeah, like you you, you covered so much space, and that yeah. was so, that was such a vicious swing. Like even if it was emotional. Of course, you were nearly going to punch someone in the face when you did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were just up at the rim. Um, <laughs> probably one of the other nine dudes on the floor are going to be within three feet of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, good. It was a good tech. As, as someone that's quite anti-tech, good tech, mm. uh, and just a dumb play. But like, yeah, and quite dangerous. Yeah, definitely very dangerous. I'm, I'm, I'm not so big on the like, you know. Shame on you, Embiid, for doing that. It's more like if you if you do that and no one gets hurt, just count that as a blessing. Don't yeah. get, don't get upset that you give away. A yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. yeah, I think that that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, yeah and I'm just saying like you, you got to have some fucking self awareness. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah, some yeah, court yeah. awareness. Yeah, man, I just don't want to. Um, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, um, <laughs> Jokic good and big bad. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. You know, I do see, uh, I do see where you're coming from. Like that. Jokic is going to get suspended for that yeah whatever michael malone's saying i'm pretty sure he uh said in the post-game press conference he's like as far as i know he's playing on wednesday he's not playing <laughs> he's not playing on wednesday Mike. yeah um but you know again it's it's the target and everything it's it's, yeah. it's who you it's who you're fucking whacking yeah oh definitely yeah yeah oh no yeah and that was like more of a shout out to lonzo and uh, fuck you bron type yeah. thing. <laughs> Damn, LeBum takes another element <laughs> in the W column. <laughs> All right. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Well, I thought you wanted to ask me about LeBum. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that now? Well, I don't really mind. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that's a nice segue into it. Nice. All right. I was speaking to my uh, good friend and friend of the pod, Fred Conway, who I... He might be one of our quietest listeners. Like, I, I never really hear from him, and but I'm pretty sure he listens to every episode. Right. And so, I'll see him maybe once every 35 episodes, 34, maybe. <laughs> and and uh, he'll, he'll just, yeah, he'll have some nice things to say, and we'll have a really good chat about basketball. Mm. But what he was saying 
is he thinks that almost no player in LeBron's career, whether that be an all-star caliber player, a role player, you know, somewhere in between, was playing their best basketball the seasons they were playing with LeBron. Mm. Um, I just Googled how many teammates and it's already finished it with has LeBron had. And it does. It says 187 on Real GM. Yeah, I mean, it's something a, else says 167, but it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty blanket statement when there's 187. Yeah. to choose from. Yeah. Well, funny you ask. <laughs> I uh, I did look back at the um at all of his teams at all of his uh, rosters, mm. and I, I took into consideration all of the players that made that played like substantial minutes mm. like no sorry not even that just players that didn't just get garbage time so you know i'm not going to fucking talk about iron newble i don't even know if he fucking did peak with lebron <laughs> but here is my list of players uh-huh. uh and this is in order of appearance zydrunas ilgauskas mm-hmm. drew gooden in ter- but that was more of like a drew gooden always was kind of playing the same role in every team and that just boded well near lebron next to lebron Mo Williams, and I've written maybe, because I don't know how much of that was. Like, he got an all-star appearance, but that was yeah. kind of fucking weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Chris Bosh, definitely a mm. less output, but I I, 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 I will brown-nose Chris Bosh until the day I die. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, does the list go on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, go, let's finish the list, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Dwayne Wade, and I know you've asked not at his peak, but... Definitely an all-star and all-NBA player performing to their expectation mm-hmm. because we've seen LeBron play with players like that that do not feel that expectation. Mario Chalmers, Kyrie Irving, Matthew Dellavedova, uh, Kyle Korver, same deal as Dwayne Wade. Um, well, not 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 exactly, <laughs> but you know, same sort of deal, yeah, fulfilling yeah. their expectation. Gotcha, gotcha. Also making the most of their gravity on the court because mm. I remember watching when Kyle Korver was on the Cavs the first time that like spacing ever really existed for LeBron uh, in Cleveland at least mm. KCP Alex Caruso JaVale McGee and I'm calling uh, this phase two Carmelo right yeah okay um, damn that list is so much longer than I was expecting oh really <laughs> yeah um, I I think I I think I disagree with almost all of the superstars okay uh, except Kyrie I think yeah Kyrie absolutely played his best yeah. season with LeBron. There was like, he he really played up to LeBron's level yeah. in their championship yeah. season for sure. Um, Chris Bosh, I think I think you're right. As in, like he took a smaller role and he just he could have been playing yeah. at a higher output. Absolutely, at that mm. point in his career. But yeah, when you just look at some of his pre-LeBron Toronto, like you know achievements mm. it's so impressive like yeah. he was such a good player yeah um and even in the season after lebron left miami he you know if he if he hadn't gotten um not injured you know bloody if he if, if he had stayed healthy yeah then he would have just evolved into like yeah the perfect perfect big man for yeah. like the warriors era um of the nba and already was like he yeah. was he was shooting threes like I, I, his, I think, yeah, his attempts just shot up and yeah. his percentage stayed like uh, high 30s, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, and Dwayne Wade, I don't know, like he he won a championship with yeah. no one but an aging Shaq. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Without LeBron. Because Dwayne Wade, 
peak was like year two. Yeah. Um. But so that's I see. Yeah. Like it's not. It wasn't Dwayne Wade's peak, but just it wasn't like Anthony Davis as well. Yeah. Anthony Davis also peaked pre-LeBron, but he is just too passive and just does not yeah, fulfill exactly. his role. Yeah. And when you compare him like that, then yeah, I feel like you don't really know what you got until it's gone. <laughs> Same thing goes with Kyrie. Mm. Like, looking back, they were so good for each other, Kyrie and LeBron. In just, like, just terms of basketball, mm. I mean, Kyrie can make as many headlines as he wants, but they still both dropped 41 points in a finals game. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he hit the shot. LeBron got the block to to win that one chip. Uh, and, yeah, I just think that in terms of a basketball fit, I always thought the Kyrie and LeBron were a bit weird. Maybe, maybe that was more just like off-court stuff. Because mm. on-court, they were amazing together. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah, I don't think Kyrie's hit that level ever yeah. again in his career. Yeah. It's a, fuck, I mean, maybe LeBron hasn't hit that level since either. <laughs> like that might have been that might have been both of their peaks in one yeah. way. Like, I mean, LeBron was peaking from <laughs> 2007 yeah. to, to 2018. That's, pre- that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the role, yeah, I, I like I like all the role players. Uh, Mario Chalmers, shout out. Mm, that's, yeah. That's a great one. Um, Matthew Dellavedova, easily. Like, <laughs> I remember even way before I was, you know, properly following the NBA, uh, just his name being all over Australian sports media because yeah. it was like, oh, he was kind of good in like a championship winning team yeah. with LeBron James. Yeah, he was, he was at the time averaging career highs, 7.5 and 4.4. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you know, he played his best basketball with LeBron. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any, 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 um, any names you you vehemently disagree with? Mm, not really. Any names you think should be on there? Mm, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because I I thought the reason you were gonna ask me this that that you had thought of this was because Kyle Corver just went on. JJ Reddick's podcast, ah. and you thought, and then and then that spurred the train. No, of it didn't. It didn't. It was Fred yeah. asked me about. <laughs> yeah, another great shooter. <laughs> no, I, I I wanted to pitch it to you because I knew you would. Um, I knew you'd be able to remember how good those players were in. Yeah, in each of those stages of his career. Yeah. yeah. So let's say roughly 175 teammates, mm. and this is like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. The Iglaskis call is, I think that's the best one. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, he, he was probably the only player really <laughs> playing really good basketball yeah. with LeBron at the time. And I think it was easy for him because uh, LeBron was kind of not coming onto his team. Mm. Like it was, it was always yeah. going to be LeBron's team. It kind of was like that in one but, way. But like it was, yeah, it was like, okay, cool. So this is... A, a piece I have. This is a what late twenty year old I have to pass the ball to. I've been passing it to teenagers yeah. for, like, for like the the last few years. Yeah. Um. This is definitely a better weapon than than those <laughs> yeah. guys are. Yeah. Far out. He he played for the Cavs for fourteen seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. And then he went to um Miami with LeBron. Yeah. I think they might have even won a ring. He might nah, have even won a nah, ring. he was just there the first season. Oh, that's actually a bit sad. I loved Zydrunas. Yeah, yeah. Ilgaskis. What a... Such a... <clears throat> another player that would be pretty interesting today. Because mm, mm. I don't know if he ever really shot threes, but he definitely shot twos. Um, I'm just... I'm going to get up his basketball reference here because I am pretty sure in his last three seasons, he started shooting threes. Not uh, his last season, but he's... Two before that. Yeah. I'm yeah, also yeah, in his yeah. basketball. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, tiny volume, yeah, but pretty yeah. good efficiency. This isn't this isn't backing us up very much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at what do Donye? Do you like hearing the down low on all your NBA and basketball content? Hey, at Will Conkin on Instagram and Twitter. Don't you mean the lowdown on NBA and basketball content? No, I mean the down low, because that's our show. The down low, where we give you the lowdown on everything NBA. Check out the down low NBA on all your podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple, or even Google Podcasts. Google has podcasts? Yeah, I didn't even know that either. But now you know, so go and get it in your ears. Um, well, uh, speaking of the Cleveland Cavaliers, nice. <laughs> damn, we're two for two in um, uh, episode sixty-eight, and this episode we've had good um, we've had good segues. You're right. <laughs> um, I think we very briefly touched on it last episode, just like uh, you know how confusing it was them having those three big men who all had to start, and then mm. how much it has kind of worked all three of them starting. Yeah, and. Like, I watched their game against the Knicks the other day, and um, um, Markkinen was out with a 6'9 Dean Wade in his spot. So, yeah. you know, comparable but not the same. But, man, this is such an exciting team to watch. Mm, and I feel definitely. like even at, at the beginning of last season, I was saying this. Uh, I don't know what it is about Cleveland, but they're really fun, and then they get really bad mm, yeah, <laughs> towards yeah, yeah. the end of the season. Um but yeah, I just love this um, this contrast between like yeah, you have three six eleven seven foot guys and then two six one guys on the other end of the floor. It's sort of like the complete antithesis to you know where a lot of the league is leaning, like Toronto, where it's like okay, everyone's six seven, everyone can play mm. everyone every position. This is like I think um, from like you know I guess uh, what's the word a superficial view. It's like not very switchy people can't play all yeah, over the floor yeah but evan mobley mm. honestly can pretty much defend any position like yeah. he is not a good three-point defender i'll give him that but um they i think i think sean brought this up and then when i went back and watched the um cavs knicks game i saw it they're playing this three two zone mm. with evan mobley like at the point oh true and it was just like <laughs> It looks so weird mm. because it's like, okay, everyone else is shorter than him. And he's yeah. playing like, you know, he's guarding Derek Rose because Derek Rose is like bringing the ball up. Yeah. Um, and he got absolutely drilled on a couple of three-pointers mm. um, while they were playing that defense. But because he's so mobile, pun intended, um, <laughs> and his arms are so long, he can seriously just like stop any penetration yeah. um, into the paint from that position. Um and it's, I don't know, it's just, like you were saying, it's such a zag. It's yeah. It's just it's a way that no one is really defending in the league at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and you, then you don't lose rim protection because, one, he's really mobile and can, like, mm. keep up with a guard. And, two, you have two other 6'11 guys mm. who can who can come help in the paint if they have to. Was this with uh, Markinen or is this with Dean Wade? This was with Dean Wade. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like that'd be a... That'd be better with marketing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it kind of covers... This is what I mean. It kind of covers his... I think, like, despite having all these seven-footers, they're kind of covering for each of their deficiencies. Yeah. Like, Jared Allen is just so slow. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think Mobley really covers that. But 
um, if you drag Mobley out, you know, on a switch or if you're playing a zone and he's on the perimeter, you'd think you'd lose like a lot of rim protection. Yeah. But like, you know, Allen's a pretty decent rim protector himself. Yeah. I think they're both... I'd say he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like a bloody perk cleaning the glass, finally finally converting to that slide. Oh, you got cleaning the glass. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I cancel my subscription. <laughs> there can only be one. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, in terms of like... Uh, opposition field goal at the rim so like you know how how good uh opponents are at shooting around the rim mobley's in the 88th percentile and alan's in the 87th percentile nice so that's like a pretty good combination like you can kind of rely on one of the others to help yeah and protect the rim um if you know if the other one gets dragged out the perimeter now now on offense <laughs> um again it's like what the fuck what the fuck's going on here <laughs> yeah but um you have mobley who can kind of hit threes and like against the Knicks he went two of four yeah which is pretty good for a seven foot rookie you got Markinen who's obviously a three point specialist mm. so you can realistically just space the floor completely out mm. uh, and then Allen is such a like interesting offensive rebounder he really like flies in to go yeah. to like um, try and get the board so it's it was almost like at times they were like happy to chuck up not very good looks because they knew that Allen would at least fight for the rebound mm. and that by, you know, having Mobley and Dean Wade in this case, like, you know, spacing the floor a little bit, yeah. like the opposition's best uh, rebounders and rim protectors aren't there to stop yeah. Allen. And it was just, yeah, it was just so interesting. It's not nothing I've seen yeah. in this season in particular in the NBA. Yeah, it's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of zagging, just like in their, in their lineup and then also in this, defensive like in this zone mm. it reminds me of when the heat in the 20 in the bubble they were running this 2-3 zone but it was like a 2-2-1 zone mm. and bam was set a little bit deeper than the forwards in inverted commas yeah because they were running the forwards at the guard spots and the guards at the forward spots yeah because they'd have like yeah Dragic would be at like the 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 traditional forward on the baseline mm. and then here would be on the other side and then be like um butler and crowder at the top and yeah, I think that I think that, yeah, making yeah make you make the other team think because then that, yeah. that's, then they're not playing basketball. Yeah, like it, it, as many seconds as you can take off the shot clock, for for them <laughs> to make the other team be like, okay, how do we beat this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's time they don't get back. Like 100%. that's time that they have to like work on the fly um, and adjust to something that they haven't seen before. So yeah. Yeah, said it a thousand times, but yeah, the, the Cavs are doing exactly what you should do if, if you're if you're a team that's you know rebuilding or just like if you can't you can't win on talent, you, you, yeah, you got to zag, be be a, be a nightmare. Yeah, 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 and I think it's like if you can't bring in like the five players who are going to have the best traditional chemistry on the floor, then mm. figure out what the chemistry is. You yeah, know? like don't bench one of them. Um, and yeah, like you just saw it so much against the Knicks. The Knicks are obviously still a pretty stagnant offensive team mm. you know despite their injections of uh Kemba wasn't playing but you know Fonier and um but they just they didn't know what to do with it yeah like they you're right they're really running down the shot clock there um and I think you compare it to like okay Utah obviously one of the best teams in the league yeah but you know how their D works like if you can figure out how their D works then you can beat them um I think that's I think that's what the Heat did um when you know in their matchup like the utah really crawled back at the end there um but they were just like they were just 
going so fast on offense. What's so funny about the Heat is like they have one of the slowest paces in the league, yeah. but they don't look like it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when they're on offense, they're looking for a shot quick. Yeah, and they're moving up the floor quickly, and then they just grind it out on the other end and completely yeah. like destroy the momentum of the other team. Um, but that's because yeah, Utah are playing just like you know, okay, we've got this big defensive anchor, mm. and then uh, you kind of let things trickle through to him. It's a really yeah. easy to understand system. So then it's like, you can figure out how to beat it. Obviously, Gobert is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. And there's a lot of other good players in Utah, but uh, it's much easier for teams to figure out. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't watch the games today. I took a day off watching basketball because I have watched way too much. <laughs> But uh, I really, I, no, I really wish I hadn't <laughs> because I really want to see what happened in that Nuggets Heat game because I think yeah. the, the Heat have lost two in a row now. Mm. Um, no, they they lost to Boston and then they beat Utah and then they lost to. Is that right? They lost to the Nuggets and they lost to Boston and then they lost the game. They dropped the game early in the season. Yeah, yeah, but I, so yeah, they lost to the Nuggets before that. They beat the Jazz and before that they lost to Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I feel like the thing that I saw in their first two losses was, sorry, all of their games pre this game against the Nuggets was the only games they lost were the games they lost the possession. Like mm. they, they had less possessions than the other team because mm. they've just been hitting the glass, out-rebounding the other team, forcing turnovers and getting up shots as mm. well. Mm. Um, like, yeah, they, they, really, they really are quite, um, they do kind of have free reign, but it's within a pretty simple basketball structure. Like, yeah. throw up a miss before you're going to throw away a turnover. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that was what was on display against the Jazz. Like, God, God, that game was so funny. Like, they were just... Every, everyone was just going for offensive rebounds over Rudy Gobert, which mm. is... And he he just looked like... He looked a little bit lost. And then they <laughs> took him off, put Hassan Whiteside on, and they went on a 12 nothing run. The, the, the Jazz. <laughs> yeah. This is the very end of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just like... Oh shit! Whiteside is actually making them better. Like it was a one-point game with like yeah. a minute to go. Yeah, he's like didn't have that like sort of fear that Gobert has on offense. Yeah. Like Gobert looks so scared to put shots up. Yeah. Um, against Bam and Whiteside's just like I don't care. I don't care if I yeah. like absolutely fucking brick a dunk. Mm. I'm I'm gonna go for it. And then he, you know, obviously has less skill, but has the same skill set as Gobert on the other end. Yeah. So. Um, and I guess it attracts a less less attention or something like that. Mm. Like, because yeah, they just went on that huge run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, that like delusional confidence that Hassan Whiteside has helped <laughs> helped yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. Um, and to go back to the Cavs, we, our next game is against them on mm. uh, uh, Thursday morning. And my God, it's just it's just a great time to be a Wizards fan. <laughs> we beat Jar and Giannis in the past in, since Holy our last episode. Shit. And oh, I didn't even think about it like that. We we had a great game against Giannis until someone like oh we gave up we we had a great game against him until like midway through the last quarter and then we gave up a lob. No, no, he got a put back dunk because no one boxed him out and then no one stopped him on the fast break and it got him a layup. And then I was like so stressed. I was like, oh my god, we worked so hard and everything's been going so well. And the Bucks are having a bad game, and we're still like only eight points up. But like, if we're gonna beat the Bucks, we're gonna beat the Bucks. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up winning that game. But I think that just speaks to the Bucks as well. Like their bad game and our great game 
still led to a very close game yeah. that we really had to fight until the very end to win. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they still have, they still had Middleton and Lopez out, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. 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 So there's obviously that golf and talent is there. But still, you know, that's how, that's how you make the playoffs. You win, you win those games. When, yeah. when the schedule throws you, uh, you know, the Bucks without uh, two of their four best players, mm. win it. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if it's Giannis you can stop him like yeah like if if he doesn't have all that talent sitting around him that's a very winnable game mm. oh man so happy for you but then also what was stopping Giannis because this is what because it looked like stopping Giannis yeah but no his I'm sure his stat line was still fucking ridiculous yeah 29 and 18 <laughs> <laughs> but yep. but oh this is the thing we were leaving him open for three, and he's an improved shooter, but he was over four. Mm. And then free throws, he was five of 12. Oh, okay. And that was the that's, big one. That's the story. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the big one because, like, he, I'm like, I just back him at the free throw line now. Mm. Um, and then I, I said this to set up that we didn't really stop Giannis. Like, we quote unquote stopped Giannis. We stopped Ja. Yeah. I think it was four of 17. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's very impressive. And we won that game by 30 points or something. And that was that was the best game I've seen us play. I think, mm. um, like beyond this season, over the past couple of seasons, and it was good that we followed up that fucking second matchup against the Celtics with like, yeah. oh, man, that game was horrible. <laughs> and then to follow it up with like such a great game, um, I love this team. Yeah, talk it. Wait, let's let's talk talk me through the Memphis game a bit. How did you stop Jar? What was the what was the game plan? Just see bodies. It was like quite quite similar to how you like again quote unquote stopped James Harden when he was with the Rockets. If if Harden isn't scoring or getting an assist on a play, then that's a good play. Mm. They can score any other way. Beat us any other way. And that's what was happening. Jar was seeing yeah, Jar was seeing heaps of bodies and yeah, it was just like, yeah, make someone else beat us. And if Ja wants to shoot mid-ranges, he can shoot mid-ranges. Uh, and, yeah, just hounding him. Like, I, I th- there's... NATO and Aaron Holiday definitely have their weaknesses. Mm. But throwing both of them at him as, as different options to pick him up full court. Like, it, of course he's going to get tired. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing, man. I love having Aaron Holiday on the team. Yeah. He is like a three and D point. Yeah. Um, his ball handling isn't great for a point guard. It's good for like your, your average player, but just watching him defend the way he moves. It's like, it's like, it is exactly like Drew. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say, obviously I wouldn't say he's as good a defender as Drew, but just like that methodical movement and how, how connected his whole body is. Yeah, and how balanced they are. They the the way they slide and the way they move their feet. It's it's like, it's just, yeah. Take what what usually takes two defenders. It'll take one of them. Yeah, true, true, true. And I guess you don't need him to do what Drew does, which is like <clears throat> beat an offensive player in a one on one situation. Yeah, you know, like make him take a bad shot or steal the ball or like or force him to pass out. Yeah, you just need him. You need someone who's like tireless enough to pick pick them up yeah. full court, and that's yeah. enough. That's enough to like wear them down. A player like Jar down that little bit to put him off his game. You know, uh, not, yeah, not just. I, f- I feel like when a point guard like that, like him, Trey Young, Chris Paul, and they just like can walk up the floor and yeah. look at it, like you've you've already you haven't lost, but you've already given yeah. something up. Like yeah. you've already given them way too much time to think about mm. what they're gonna do in the next play. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, becoming <clears throat> now this one's probably not going to f- fulfill because I'm going to be watching all of the Wizards games but never seen Sean Livingston miss a post move never saw Iman Shumpert hit a catch and shoot jumper for the Cavs I've yet to see Aaron Holiday miss a, a catch and shoot three pointer oh, okay and yep his release is so clean he, he just makes the most of his open opportunities um, it says his three point percentage is forty seven point one. Must have been just on pull ups because his catch and shoot three point percentage must be through the roof. Because oh man, it's so nice when he shoots. He's just oh, this whole team, this whole roster, and our oldest player is born in ninety two. But like, yeah. we've got leadership. I've noticed that Anthony Gill, although he's not getting minutes, as soon as someone subs off the court, he's up and he's like he's got his arm around them, take walking them back to the bench. Um, yeah, it's a great... The entire team is great. And we're going to have to say goodbye to some of these players I because know. we still have two starters to come back. <laughs> That's so sad. You know, love's just talking about the league, certain things like that. What was I... What am I saying? Could have been uh, Aaron Holiday's catch and shoot three-point percentage. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found the catch and shoot one, but he's 100% on corner threes. No shit. <laughs> so, one of one. Which is... <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's it's so nice how much depth your roster has. And yeah. just like, um, you know, incremental players like that, you know? Mm, it's not mm. like, you know, it's not Beal, John Wall, and yeah. like four-ish good role players it's like you've got so many options you can throw out there yeah and boy am i jealous boy am i jealous <laughs> i'm not going to talk about the pelicans today but yeah, uh you said you wouldn't yeah just um you know eight bench points i think it was <laughs> <laughs> um what a time to be alive man <laughs> there are so many this is not supposed to be a dig at you but uh, this is a point i was making i was just looking at the standings there are so many teams with a lot of like a lot of wins there are so many teams winning games. I said this preseason, but like, look at the teams that are under 500 in the East. Milwaukee, Boston, Atlanta, and Indiana are four of those teams. Mm. And then in the West, oh no, it's pretty, it's pretty expected in the West. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the Warriors are nine and one. I feel like there would have been more like nine and one teams and a few more like one and nine teams. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. This far in the season. Yeah. But like th- even the Magic three and eight, that feels like they're overperforming. Yeah. Who are the... Are we are we the only one team? No 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 no. You, the, you, got, you got some brothers. The Rockets are one and yeah one and nine. Yeah and uh, you'll get it. Huh? <laughs> the Pistons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Butting shoulders um, with good company. Yeah, I mean OKC are zero and eight if you don't count games against the Lakers. So. <laughs> <laughs> what have they been? They've played them three times. No no. Oh, they must have won another game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, oh, they beat the Spurs. Oh, man. Too much basketball going on. Yeah. You know, let's yeah, just... I've, I've officially lost track. <laughs> like, I was keeping up with it, but then, like, what were you, you were talking about a game before the pod? You were like, this team beat this team. Oh, um, uh, it happened today. Oh, yeah. Knicks Celtics? No, no, no. Cavs Knicks. Oh, Cavs Knicks. That was yesterday. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. when did they play? And you're like, yesterday. I was like, oh, wow. It really could have been any time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the Lakers just scraped past. Um, who are they playing today? Come on, come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think something I wanted to do, which was like a bit of a uh, the, oh, the, the Hornets. Yeah, they scraped past the Hornets in overtime. Jeez. Something I wanted to do, which was like a fucking uh, uh, look at you type of take, was in terms of promising and unpromising signs. The Lakers should be in the promising. Yeah. Because if they can play this poorly and be six and five, that's a promising sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really really good point. But they've also had fucking. 
Sorry, we went through this last episode. Like they've played the Thunder and the Rockets twice each, and what well, come away two and two in those yeah. games. They're amazing. Oh my god, Carmelo again. Yeah, nine of thirteen, yeah. seven of ten from yeah, three. Yeah, he's unreal. Um, do you want me to tell you Aaron Holiday's catch and shoot three point percentage? You're not gonna like it. <laughs> oh my god, what is it? Well, it's forty five. Wow, that's below his just re- regular three point percentage. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> I don't believe it, man. You must, have, you must have been. I don't know. You must have been. You must have been doing a little nugget when you were <laughs> a far from watching the last Wizards game. Oh, wow. This. Um, yeah, this Lakers team. I mean, just oh, dump Westbrook. <laughs> God, man. And what is what's up with LeBron? Yeah, yeah. Just kicking it. I know, and it's. I feel like his, you know, injury, air quotes. It's not like as big as a deal as it's been the last few seasons. It's yeah. like, now it's like, oh, LeBron's injured again. Yeah. Which is, that's kind of a bad sign. Yeah. Like, it's bad. We're kind of getting used to the the most, one of the most consistent basketballers yeah. ever just being injured all of the time. Yeah. Oh, you know something I want to bring up about that? Did you get any of what I just said? Do you know something I don't want to bring up about that? <laughs> uh Morant, people saying he's just like, oh, no, he's going to get injured or whatever. Yeah. It's like his game is, his game is like, um, it's like, the, there's there's the worry of getting injured. The, this is a, such an unfair narrative. Mm. He he missed five games in his first season and nine in his second, and he's played every game this season. Mm. And what he's played, yeah, like he he hasn't missed enough time for us to be like, he's got to worry about his health. Yeah. Um, and his game is developing to such a mature point already that I feel like he knows what a dangerous play is, and. Yeah. Oh, and this is another thing I want to say. Last week I said it could be Jar's league. What I what I didn't say, but I implied was like in a few years. <laughs> because I listened back and I was like, wow, I really miss yeah, some of the words that I'm yeah, trying to yeah, say. Yeah, no, no, no. No, you're right. I remember that. I remember that. Um, yeah, I reckon that's fucking bullcrap anyway. Like, let's look at it. I love bullcrap after fucking. <laughs> um, let's think about like the best players in the NBA, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. All those guys have been injured so much in mm. their careers. Yeah. Um, you know, even Steph Curry missed basically a whole mm. season and another half a season. Um, and Steph started his career quite injured. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I think that's just how modern NBA players go. Like, I think you mm. have like maybe two or three seasons where you're play- plagued by injuries. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you can fucking play through it and, you know, just miss a little bit of time. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be the career ender that it used to be um, yeah. in days past. Yeah. I yeah. think that's the thing is like, used to be, okay, you're down. Well, you're probably never going to come back at yeah. the level that you were. But yeah, we've seen Kevin Durant come back and play, you know, as good or better than he's ever played before mm. after what should, what would would have been a career-ending injury like 15 yeah. years ago, you know? Yeah, great point. And we're probably probably going to see Clay Thompson come back after two and a half seasons. Yeah. And he's not even like, you know, he's not that level of athlete. Yeah. Like, we, you know, he's one of the 75 best NBA players <laughs> of all time. No, he's not. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but, oops, you know, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't sort of associate his name with like purebred athlete yeah. in the same way that um, you some of the, you might with some of those other players. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think we have to worry about Char. You know? Yeah. Um, and this is another point. I will always, I'm always on team Charles Barkley, but he always says young players shouldn't get hurt. Um, but I feel like so many young players get hurt mm. and like 
play their way into shape. Like Bradley Beal did it. Mm. Joel Embiid did it. Um, yeah, Steph started his career with a few injuries. I feel like it, it's actually the complete opposite to the truth, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Embiid's such a, such a good example. Like yeah. he works so hard to be in a position where if he gets injured, it doesn't end his basketball career. Like, yeah. What, he, yeah, he missed his first two, the whole, yeah. whole first two seasons. Hmm. Um, and, and then he played 31 games the next one. Yeah, yeah, far out. And look at him now, like he gets injured, but he comes back and he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I want to, I want to fact check myself if it was, if it was 31. Yeah, that's a... It was 31. Damn, it was 31. Damn. Oh, career starts. Uh, or how many games has Embiid not started in his career? How many has he come off the bench? Yeah. Three? Zero. Really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's always the obvious answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, because isn't LeBron, he came off once? Um, I know it's de- LeBron's definitely not zero. Yeah, he came off once and it's like, there's like a hundred fucking Bleacher Report articles. <laughs> <laughs> and then KD has like, has like three um, that yeah, he came off the bench and like yeah. two of them were last season. Yeah. Dude, we're having the funniest episode. We're having the funniest like Google episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many links open. All this, yeah, me too. This is all of the players that um that that LeBron was oh, in their nice, was in their peak with. Nice. I, I had to I had to like cross reference and nice, make sure. Nice, nice. In fact, checking. Um, yeah, LeBron came off once on the bench in his fifth season. So um, random. He was so easily the best player yeah, in the league at that, that point. Yeah, that was he averaged thirty points in that <laughs> season. Yeah, um, there was some good reason. Like he was at like he was at a funeral before or something. Oh, <laughs> you can just miss that one. <laughs> it wasn't. <LeBron. that>. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make tip off. <laughs> um, he did it to protect a teammate from being booed. So, um, again, was it Iron Newble? <laughs> Um, it was, oh, it was, uh, Anderson Virgil. Um, oh, yeah. I was he, looking at adding him to my he, list, but he wasn't. He held out on re-signing a contract and then, uh, basically they came off the bench together to stop like him getting booed when he came off the bench. Oh, wow. That's actually very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lebr- uh, KD has come off the bench three times and they were all last season. All of them. That's so weird to me. Yeah, yeah. That's so random. Was he... I can't... I feel like I watched those games. I can't remember. Was he... It wasn't the first three games. No. I think it was like just, yeah, three random games throughout the season. <laughs> um, Steve Nash is a very funny rotation guy. Yeah. Like, he does really weird things with the rotation. Yeah. They weren't in, like in a row as well. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were all coming off of time off though. Yeah, no, right. No, no. One of them was after two games. Wow. He played two games and then he came off the bench the next one. This is weird. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> TheDeep2.com is your one-stop shop for everything NBA-related. Want weekly in-depth articles tackling some of the NBA's biggest issues and juiciest storylines? We've got you covered. Want a podcast that brings a fresh perspective to the league's current events? We've got you covered. We're like the ringer, only less problematic. So for anything and everything NBA, head to thedeep2.com and yes, it really is that simple. Was there anything else about the league this week you wanted to talk about or No current day news, but I did have I did want to revisit the 2010 draft yeah, class. Yep. Yeah. Uh and another little fun tidbit. I did start following the Wizards in 2013. Mm-hmm. I, I finally now know the, the exact date. Um how did you find this out? I just it was, I always knew it was the season before Paul Pierce signed. Mm. Uh, and then I just checked what season that was. <laughs> season of the whole piece. <laughs> yeah, and then I went back one. Oh, that was easy. And then I was like, 
Yeah, this was definitely... I was definitely following the Wizards at this point. And then I looked back on season. I was like, was I following the Wizards season four? Mm. And I was not. Yeah. But I want to check in on the 2010 draft class because it's now 2021, about to be 2022, which means these players would be roughly in their early 30s, which is latter end of their prime. But that's still their prime. They still aren't over the hump yet. Um, and I feel like this is a draft class most people will be familiar with because... They made their. They would have made one of their first my players and gotten pasted, <laughs> pasted by John Wall. Uh, and players that remain in the NBA from this class are as follows: John Wall, Derek Favors, Gordon Haywood, Paul George, Ed Davis, Eric Bledsoe, Avery Bradley, Hassan Whiteside, Nemanja Bjelica. That's nine players. Golly. Yeah. No more Demarcus Cousins. Um, if you want to count Greg Monroe. Monroe and Lance Stevenson. Uh, they're in the G League right now. Um, but yeah, that still only brings it up to 11. Yeah. Boogie, I mean, Boogie could come back. He probably yeah, but won't. But... He's not in the NBA right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then, yeah, of these nine remaining players, four of them are memes. Like, John Wall <laughs> is a meme. Paul George is a meme. Mm. Even though he's the best player from this draft yeah. class today, he's still a meme. Eric Bledsoe, meme. Hassan Whiteside, meme. And yeah, like shit, man. Well, who's the... Something must have been in the water that year because <laughs> like just straight off the bat, like John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Gordon Hayward. There's three like all-star level players whose careers have kind of been fucked by injuries. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, you've got Boogie on the far end where, yeah, like he just isn't going to play. He went from being like mm. one of the best centers in the league to not being able to play anymore. John Wall, who's has had his entire career, and I don't know, now he's an expiring contract on the Rockets. Yeah. Um, and Gordon Hayward, like, how much time did he lose? And, like, did he come back, you know, mm. as good? Like, he's definitely a great player, Gordon Hayward, yeah, I 100%, feel. Yeah, 100%. And he has found a good position mm. for, you know, a player of his career yeah. after all of the injuries, um, but still, like, a very solid player and a very good scorer. Yeah. But then, yeah, Ed Davis, role player, Bradley, Avery Bradley get, keeps getting, um, what's it called, cut from teams. Yeah. But yeah, role player. Bialica, definitely, you know, on the better side of things. Hassan Whiteside. I mean, yeah, one of the memes. Yeah, and like, yeah, you, I feel like he, I mean, Bialica, he kept playing Europe for five years after getting drafted. Yeah, so, wow, <laughs> true. The Wolves had his rights. Yeah. And I mean, he, what, he had... Flashes of being good on the Kings, and it's not until this season that everyone's like seen the value in him, and he's yeah. thirty three years old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like he's finally in. He's finally like being used properly, and he's thirty three years old. Mm. Um, and and yeah, he might be the fourth best player in the draft class. Yeah, like. yeah, and then yeah, Ed Davis this season is you wouldn't believe it on the Cavaliers. Yeah, as if they need another did, center. I actually didn't believe it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess Derek Favors is playing meaningful. No, no, he's playing minutes. You can't play meaningful minutes yeah. in Oklahoma. <laughs> now, let's just uh, very quickly, let's go back to the 2009 draft class. I feel like okay. this is this is a good way to illustrate the point. Uh, straight off the bat, uh, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Steph Curry, DeMar Rosen, Ricky Rubio, Drew Holiday. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I, uh, um, you know, Pat Bev is way down there at pick 42. Yeah. I was looking at the draft classes either side because I was going to just try and make like a, Mills. a really like like simple, quick point of like, this had this many All-NBA players, this had this many All-NBA players, and it didn't paint a picture very well. No. But 
I, as you read, like those are six or eight starters. Yeah. Like really yeah. good starters yeah. as well. And like all players who, like barely any of those players. Okay, Blake, Damar probably would be like past, past their prime. Mm. Uh, Drew in his prime. Steph in his prime. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rubio apparently in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> well, after his, his 37 piece. Yeah. Rashad Rubois. <laughs> There it is. There it is. We almost <laughs> forgot about that. Um, yeah, man. Something something weird was going on. Something weird was going on in the 2010 NBA draft. Everybody had a bit of. They got a bit of like lead poisoning when <laughs> um, when they went into Madison Square Garden where it was hosted. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they haven't been the same. And uh, just a just a little just a little a little throwback, a little you know semi trick Marco. But uh, of the eight players that never played in an NBA game. Um, from the 2010 draft. This doesn't make a lineup because most of these players are centers, but some great names. <laughs> Deshaun Butler, spelled uh-huh. D-A apostrophe S-E-A-N. Yeah. I feel like that's much much better than other sh- other spellings <laughs> of Deshaun. Well, it's better. And maybe the optics on that one. Well, it's, are, it's are like Jay Sean, you know? Like your name's Jay Sean, but it's J-A-E apostrophe S-E-A-N. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tariko White, which I think is a great name. Uh-huh. Magnum Roll. No way. Yeah, Magnum spelled Roll. R-O-L-L-E. Damn. Tiny Gallon. <laughs> and Latavius Williams. Wow. Unbelievable names. Jeez. Such great names. This is the most interesting draft class ever. <laughs> uh, and finally, checking in with our friend Professor 2020 Hindsight. I think you could contend that this is the uh, draft that has under underperformed more than any of the drafts that have followed it. I want to actually say more than any other draft this millennium. Yeah. I'd buy that. <laughs> You've made a very strong case. Like, there's just so few. Uh, you look at every other draft, and there'll be so many players who yeah. are still in the league. They just or fell off as well. And there aren't even that many former stars in here. Like, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a couple of certifieds and some, yeah, some people who've played themselves out of the league. Yeah. Well, like, of this, like, like, who would you want to have in the Pelicans of John, on, of these players? Oh, I'd take Paul George for yeah, sure. Paul George, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, they'd be. I mean, yeah, not Eric Bledsoe. But we could do with the Sun Whiteside. <laughs> Avery Bradley and Nemanja Bialica. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Derek Favors. Yeah, he was he was a good fit. <laughs> yeah, but like four and a half or five players. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. <sighs> well, there you go. There you have it. Bloody 2010. There you go. <laughs> uh, do we have something else? I feel like there's one more thing to talk about. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Miles Turner, but I didn't really have that much to say about him. Oh, well, what did you what did you have to say about him? Well, I just he's been so good this year, and mm. I I don't know. Sorry, this just reminded me of something I really wanted to say about Miles Turner. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I don't think his how good he's been is really translating to a lot of success for the Pacers, mm. but I don't get why you wouldn't want this guy on your team, and I don't get why as yeah. a GM you look at this guy and you don't want him. Uh, mm. He's this season, he is averaging 53 from the field and uh, 41 from three. Yeah. He fucking... I mean, he hit seven threes against New York and mm. bless, he's not going to do that <laughs> yeah. every game on yeah. any team. Um, he's averaging he's averaging three blocks. He's like... Uh, yeah, his rim protection is f- fucking top of the league. Yeah. And yeah, I just... I didn't, I just don't get what the beef is with him anymore. I feel like he's the perfect... He is the perfect complement... He, he would fit so well on so many teams. Yeah. And he's the perfect complement for the way the NBA is these days. I 
I mean, man, I've I've been saying it. Yeah. I, I, like I feel like people have kind of come off and on the Miles Turner bandwagon, and it's like, oh, I did see this good game. Oh, this was, but then like, he followed up with this bad thing, and I think I think there's just like. I think people are overcomplicating it. Mm. He's a great center. Yeah. <laughs> he can hit threes. He can defend the rim. And he's I think he's a very serviceable um, perimeter defender mm. if you compare him to league average. And if you were to compare him to NBA centers, he's top shelf. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a great player. And I think, yeah, what team doesn't want that center? Yeah. And I mean, I can go to my old friend cleaning the glass. Uh, <laughs> um, and you're completely right. Like his perimeter defensive numbers aren't bad at all. Like yeah. he's in, you know, he's in the, he's in the, he's actually in the top 25% uh, for, for like, for mid ranges and threes mm. um, across all positions. So, nice. So that's, nice. that's pretty damn good. Damn. Shout out Miles Turner. Shout out Miles Turner. So the thing I wanted to say was in the last uh, deep two, I can't remember if it was Sean or Dante who said that Miles Turner and uh, Demantis Sabonis need to get it together and have a good have a good game at the same time, and I think that they could have said this in two ways: they need to get it together, or they need to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah, I remembered when I listened, and I remembered <laughs> now that you brought it up. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the final point. Like, guy could very well be the fifth offensive option on this team and yeah. he's dragged them to some wins this season <laughs> yeah like, yeah yeah i think that yeah i think the pace's issue this year is, is a is not is not a turner or sabonis thing i think it's like yeah getting getting health back getting yeah. levert back yeah yeah 100 100 percent. um but yeah i'm just surprised you don't sort of see him being shopped around more every every yeah. summer because like um, I mean, you know, it's so obvious, but if the Pelicans signed him, it would just be the perfect fit. You yeah. Know? Like someone who can make up for Zion's lack of, uh, current lack of rim protection and hit mm. threes. Like it's just purpose built right there. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I'll, that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're three and two since Levert has returned. Mm. Man, Levert's got some good plus minuses in their wins. Wow. He's, he's a sexy player, man. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's a very sexy player. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, you might remember from the beginning of the episode all that time ago. Uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your mom, tell your cat, tell your dog, <laughs> um, and keep an eye out for the caps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. 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 I think it's been a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I like the. You know. I like the structured bits. I like the freeform nature. Of episode sixty nine. <laughs> nice. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Just-